Amen, amen. Everybody doing good today? Good to see all your smiling faces. Today's Pentecost Sunday, amen. Somebody say Shundai. And if you don't get that, then you, don't, you need to head back to Pentecost. Amen. Uh, welcome those online watching. So glad you've tuned in. Praise God. God will work in your life right where you are. Um, next Sunday, uh, we go back to our having our, our regular, uh, not regular, uh, our welcome lunch, all right? That's for, for, for people who are new here, all right? If you're new here today or new here in the last six years and, and haven't been to our welcome lunch, we had to take a little hiatus because we couldn't do those virtually, you know, lift your fork with me together. And, uh, but we provide food and basically share with you the, the, you know, the ins and outs of who we are and why we do what we do. And if you want to find out a little bit more about who we are, things we don't have time to, you know, talk about every Sunday, then definitely come to the welcome lunch next week. It will be great. You'll be glad you came and forks are provided. Amen. Praise God. Let's get into some word. Are you ready for that today? If you have your Bibles or your Bible apps, turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew, the sixth chapter. I started a series a while ago, and today will be part seven of the series called Focus. All right? Has anyone benefited from part one, two, three, four, five, or six? Okay, all right. Uh, not many in this section, but thanks for your participation. <laughs> That's one of the things I like when, about when Pastor PJ gets up here. He will not let you not respond. <laughs> if you go quiet for a second, he's all over you. <laughs> Amen. But if you missed any of the other parts, uh, you can see by all the hands, it's been helpful and beneficial. And I would encourage you to get it and get it again and again until your focus muscle is really developed. Yeah, we've been reading from Matthew 6, so let's read it again. This is the foundation for the series. Matthew 6, 22, Jesus speaking here. It says, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. Okay, that's something we want, by the way. Everyone wants their, their body to be full of light. No darkness in it whatsoever. And so the Lord tells us how to get to that place. All right? And that's what I've been teaching on. You can get to a place where your body is full of light. Okay? Not full of depression. Not full of sickness. Not full of uh, darkness in any way. Full of light. All right? He's telling us how to have this. He went on to say, verse 23, But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Okay, so we want to get to a place where we can be single-minded, single eye, as he says here, focus on the Lord and not have divided focus in our lives. Uh, and we live in a time 
with so much information abounding, coming at us from all different directions, that this takes real effort. Takes a whole lot of work to keep your focus on the Lord. We're in a constant battle. You know, whether, whether it's viruses or political fights, the cares of this world, you know, race riots. There's always something going on to say, look over here, look over here, look over here, to get us to keep our minds off the Lord. And I don't mean, someone might wonder what I mean by that. I don't mean when we hear bad things that we shouldn't pray. We should. We should pray for our country now, right? Our leaders, our president, our nations for peace. There's a lot of chaos, okay? I'm not, what I'm saying is not saying just ignore everything. No, pray, <laughs> But I'm saying all these things for so many people, they don't lead them to the throne room. They lead them into getting depressed or frustrated or angry and all these other types of things. And we have to intentionally keep our minds on the Lord. Today, I want to get into the nuts and bolts of our focus. Okay? This is really going to help a lot of people today. If you'll do it. Amen. The, the, the word I want to give you is found in quite a few places in Scripture. It's not an obscure thought or practice. It's not something that I had to really dig deep to find. And, you know, like I'm trying to make a, a new doctrine that really isn't there. This is blatant. This is obvious. It's all over. However, maybe it's cultural Maybe it's something else, but very few Christians practice this regularly with any kind of intention. We do some of it kind of uh, by accident, if you will. I mean, we're, not, we're doing it, but we don't really know we're doing it. Um, are you ready for the word? The word today, and this is huge, it is meditation. Meditation. Now, the reaction some possibly could have is, is a little bit negative towards that word. It almost seems like, out there, strange, or that's kind of what Eastern religions do. And, 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 uh, but no, no, this is a biblical concept. It is true that it is a part of various cultures and even religious groups, but that should raise a question all by itself. Why do so many different cultures or groups practice meditation? And the answer is, is, is because it really does work. It is a good practice that produces real results in people's lives. It really makes things better. Okay, now, obviously, uh, the difference in what we do and what some others may do while meditating can be night and day difference. And if you are um, putting your mind on things that are negative or wrong or just not God, they can, it'll still work, and it'll cause a lot of problems. So we are not going there. Our, our goal is not to empty our minds. Think nothing. Everybody got it? No, no, no. That's not biblical meditation. We are not emptying our minds, but rather we are filling our minds with intention, with a very specific thing. When I said most people don't practice this, some do it inadvertently, and sometimes they meditate in a negative way. 
It's called worry. It's called fear, right? Those things are practiced by a lot of people, and they didn't know they were meditating. They said, I, wa- I wasn't even sitting with my legs crossed. I wasn't humming or making any sounds. But nevertheless, the practice of meditation was working to fill your life with darkness. That's what Jesus was saying, okay? We want to use this principle on purpose to be flooded with light, okay? And, and so there is a reason, like I said, that many people do this. It is an effective skill because it benefits our minds. And do, do you recognize that when your mind is right, everything else is better? But if your mind is wrong, it doesn't matter what you have going for you. Financially, you know, the rest of your body could be perfectly healthy. You could have esteem and respect from your peers. If your mind is wrong, it doesn't matter. Your life is not good. And so we want to use this practice uh, in order to get our minds right. All right. And there is a prescription from the Lord, a solution, and it is called meditation. It's not weird or ozone It is normal Healthy people do this. Smart people do it regularly. Yeah. But they do it with intention by giving the right, putting the right things in their mind. Okay. So let me take you to a couple well-known verses of Scripture, and then I'll read some others. I want you to know that this is biblical. I want you to know what the outcomes are. And then at the end, I'll give you a, a, a little brief tutorial on how to do this. Okay. And what you should put your mind on. But turn with me, if you would, to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua, the first chapter. And if you have the same translation that I do, which is the the New King James Version, then I want you to read this with me out loud today. Can you do that? Read it out loud. Joshua 1, verse 8. It reads, here we go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Praise God. Now, let me, uh, let me clarify a couple things. This book of the law, the reason it's written that way is because when this was written, that, were the, that was the definition of their scriptures. In other words, the book of the law was Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. All right? That's what they had. If this revelation were written today, we would not say this book of the law. We would say probably the word of God. We would include the Psalms and the prophets. We would include the Gospels. We would include the letters to the churches. All right, we'd have all the New Covenant scriptures. We would say, this word of God shall not depart from your your mouth. And we can see how how speaking the word is so vital. But then he gave us the key. He said, you shall meditate in it day and night. And if you will do that, This is not complicated. This is not super complex. If you will just do that, 
you're going to make your way prosperous. You're going to have good success. Do you see how this is not necessarily saying if you do this, God will reward you with prosperity or success. He's basically telling us how our beings function. We are spirit, soul, and body. He said, if you will put your mind, your soul on spiritual things or the word of God, here's what the corresponding result will be. Yeah? Okay? God's blessing works in multiple ways in my uh, experience. One, when God's blessing is on you, like I'll use myself as an example just because I can. God's blessing is on this church, it's like when I do what I do, what God called me to do, there is a blessing on it, and it's effective, okay? That's one way I can see how the blessing works. The other way is this. When, um, when, you, are in the, when you are doing this, basically you start to see what's, what's a good decision and what is a bad decision, you get smarter. The blessing of the Lord helps you to make good business decisions and family decisions and financial decisions, right? So it's not just he endorses my bad ways. He blesses what I put my hand to and gives me answers in how I should operate, okay? So if a person said, you know, if I were to ask you, hey, is anyone in here not prospering? Like it says here. Is anyone here not prospering? Um, then this is a solution. Okay, this teaching could change your life today. Now, the, the contrary mind would say, well, I don't need that. I just need to know what to do. And this is how God created us to function. If we meditate on the right thing long enough, we find out what we're supposed to do it will eventually become clear. Oh, this is how I ruin my life every year. <laughs> I see, I should start doing this different. I should start being this type of, you know, husband or wife or parent or student or person on the job. It will become clear if your mind is placed on his words. And this is one of the ways that we make our way prosperous and have good success. Praise God. Okay, now go over to Psalm 1. So right turn. Psalms are right in about in the middle of the Bible, if you're not sure. Uh, Psalm chapter 1, and let's do this over here as well, if you would. Read this out loud with me, if you can. Verses 1 through 3. Psalm 1, 1, 2, and 3. Here we go. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Praise God. 
That, that's worthy of our meditation right there, huh? Do you see the key again? The end result is you prosper. Okay, what is pros, prosper means you succeed. It can be in various areas of life. Okay, the end result is you shall prosper. But what's the key there? If, if it, this person will meditate in the law or in the word of God day and night, then that's the end result. I mean, how many people want that end result in their life? You mean like everybody, right? But how many people do that to get there? No, somebody just pray for me. <laughs> no, do this. The Lord said, this is the result. This is how you get to that. What happens if you meditate day and night? Well, you're like a tree planted by the water. Think about that. Well-nourished, well-watered, got deep roots, doesn't matter what season it is because you are strong no matter what's going on, right? Are we saying if you meditate in the Word day and night, you'll never experience another problem? No, we're just saying you'll have what it takes to cruise right through it, right? You will bring forth fruit in season, so you'll be fruitful. Fruits of righteousness will abound in your life. Your leaf will not wither. Praise God, you do not want a withering leaf. <laughs> I imagine some of us could say, yeah, I've had some withering leaf problems in my life. All right. Well, this is how our leaf does not wither. You're like an evergreen. Whatever comes, whatever comes your way, whatever the season is, you can handle it. You're, you're going to go through it. You know how some people kind of almost expect there to be down times in their life. Well, we all have to go through the valley. Quit it. Quit it, the Lord's in the valley. <laughs> Amen. I like going to valleys. Lakes are in valleys. And rivers and stuff. Valley's not a negative. Well, I'm just going through a wilderness experience. Come on, stop thinking that way. You can be evergreen right in the middle of the wilderness. So whatever happens to us doesn't have to define us. If we meditate on the word day and night, we're laughing in any season. Hallelujah. All right, let me, let me define meditation for you. You see it's biblical. You see the outcomes of, of meditating on the Word of God. Uh, Hebrew, the Hebrew word translated meditate or meditation means to ponder. It means imagine. It means mutter, study. It also means talk. Okay, so understand what you're doing. If I'm meditating on, meditating on the Word of God, I'm going to ponder it. I'm going to imagine. What am I going to imagine? I'm going to imagine me with it, me doing what it says, me experience, experiencing the fullness of the promise, okay? Not just quoting it like it's some religious, you know, tool or, or some kind of religious saying, I got I to gotta memorize God's Word. No, no, go way beyond that. Okay, see yourself with it. See yourself experiencing it, having it, yeah? If the Bible speaks of peace, hmm. If the Bible speaks of joy, yes. The Bible speaks of healing, that's mine too. Amen. Even someone in a wheelchair can meditate on the Word of God, and if they keep their mind on it, what are they going to see? Walking. That's meditation. You see yourself with it. Not, you, not it's just a theoretical, oh, wouldn't that be nice? Come on, we got to make it real. Yes. So we ponder it, 
We imagine it. We talk about it. We study. Did I give you the word mutter? It's like I'm going to talk. I'm going to just kind of under my breath. I'm just speaking the word. And then I'm going to talk about it. I'm probably, nowadays, I'm probably going to make a post. Right? Get, update my status with a, the, some amazing word. Because right? it's everywhere. Uh, the, the, the Greek word means to revolve in the mind. Okay? I, I, I read the word revolve and I think of a revolver. You know, spinning that revolver. That's what it's doing in my mind I'm again and again and again and again and again. I'm letting it play over and over and over again. Yeah? Play it over, play it over, play it over, keep it going, keep it going, keep it working, keep it working, keep it working. It's kind of like, you know, some of you know I grew up around cows. And, uh, and, and cows are very interesting in how they digest their food, right? A cow, uh, you know, eats the grain and the hay, and usually those are the things we would feed them. And, and they just eat it real quick, large quantities of food, and boom, in there, okay? And then they go off and hang out in the field, in the pasture, in the corral, and you'll see them later on uh, just laying out there chewing, Everybody know what that is called? Chewing the, the cud. All right, no bubble gum, just uh, they're chewing. What's happening? What's the way their anatomy is? These different compartments in their stomach. And so it goes in and it comes up and it goes down and it comes up and they have to digest their food that way. Yeah, how many are thankful you're not a cow? Okay, gross. <laughs> but their process of digesting their food reminds me, makes me think of meditation on the Word of God, all right? What do we do it? We consume it. We get it in there, and then after a little while, it comes back up. What do you mean it comes, comes back to our minds? And we think about it. We chew on it. We play it over. We talk about it. We think about it. We meditate on it. We imagine ourselves functioning in that and with that and enjoying God's promise. It plays over, and it goes down. Then later through the day, it comes back up again, Right? And you do that again and again and again. What happens? It becomes a part of your being. It beco- it's not just a thought that passed through your mind. It's not just a concept that you heard. It's there ready for your, um, for your use. You can draw on it. In the midst of a storm, when there's pressure, when there's trial, what comes up? What you've meditated on. And it's your answer. You know how to answer your spouse when they're rude. Why? Because you put it in there. You know how to deal with a pain in your body because what comes up? What you've been meditating on. Yeah? Everybody say moo. <laughs> I know this is a moving message. <laughs> and some of you are going with me. I'm not going to go down the. There's too many cow puns. <laughs> Let me read a couple of psalms to you. <laughs> Psalm 49 and verse 3. Listen. My mouth shall speak wisdom, and the meditation of my heart shall give understanding. You want to understand? The meditation of your heart will bring that. It'll bring understanding. I don't get it. I don't put your mind on it until you do. And it'll come. Psalm 119.99. I have more understanding than all my teachers. For your testimonies are my meditation. Quite a, quite a statement. I can be smarter than or have greater understanding than all my teachers if I'll just do this. Put my mind on the testimonies of the Lord. That will bring 
this understanding to me. Here's a popular one and, and popular deserving of popularity. Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. How many know that's different than read my word? You know, we say, read your Bible. And again, that's not a bad practice. That's a good practice. But this is a little bit deeper than just reading, okay? He, he, he says, give attention to them. Have you ever read without giving attention to it? I have. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. That's, that's intentional action we have to take. Do not let them. In other words, they will get away from you. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Keep them there. How do I keep them in the midst of my heart? Only on purpose. They're not going to stay there. It's like, it's like trying to sit on that, that ball of air in the swimming pool. You know, the rubber ball or the, you know, you try, have you ever done that? You try to put it under and hold it under, then you try to sit on it and try to balance, right? What happens the minute you make the wrong move? It shoots up. You have to keep it there or it's coming up. And I have to keep the word in the midst of my heart or it's coming out. This is why not everybody does this. This is why not everybody prospers. This is why not everybody gets the promise of God to manifest in their life. They don't keep it there long enough. They put it there for a minute, and they sincerely will put their minds on something for a moment, and then it goes away before it has a chance to manifest. He said, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. This sounds like Jesus saying your whole body will be flooded with light. Yeah, the word of God, when given attention to and meditated upon, produces life in us. It produces health in our bodies. Praise God. All right, so let's get to this. How do we do this? What are we going to meditate on? All right, here's the, here's the generic, and then I'll go over specific. Generic is this. It's Colossians 3.2. Set your mind on things above, not on things on earth. Okay, so things above, heavenly things. Look at this from the, uh, the Passion Translation. Yes, Feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Okay, so that's the generic. I need to put my mind on things above. Anything from heaven, anything from God, any word from God, any reality from heaven is worthy of my thoughts. Think about it. Day and night, think about heavenly things. Now, I realize that's generic, so... Um, Specifically what? What should you meditate on? My recommendation is that you start here. Find an area of your life that is to you noticeably lacking. Something that's weak in your life. A very present need that you have. And that would be the focus. I want to knock this problem out. If it's a character issue, you're falling into, into sinful behavior again and again, 
you can, you can fix that. If you're dealing with shame and guilt because of the things that you have done wrong, you can fix that with a verse. How? You, you read it, you do what I'm talking about. You meditate on it until it goes away, until the feelings leave you. You can, if, if, you are, if you have a present physical condition, a disease or a sickness or an injury, I think this is one we can all use. I've done this many times, is meditate on healing verses. What does God say about the healing of my body? And there are a boatload of scriptures. Just find a couple and put those in your revolver. Amen. Put them in there. Let it revolve over and over and over again. It's kind of like taking a vitamin. If you know there's something lacking in your diet, sometimes you replace that with a vitamin. So how do you know? <laughs> or maybe you have a blood test and they say you are deficient in this area. Take a supplement, right? We can do that with our spiritual lives. I know this could even work with someone who has a lack of desire for God. You're here out of discipline. You're here because you know it's the right thing you do. You're supposed to do it, but there's no fire in your belly. There's no, there's no, no driving force that says, I want to seek after God. I want to worship him with, with all my heart. You can fix that. How? By meditating on verses that say that you are that way. You find the right verse and you play it over and over and over again until it sticks. And then you'll act out of desire instead of discipline. And it's better. Come on now, I know I've been to church before out of discipline, but most of the time it's because I want to. I love it. So there's a fix for all these things, healing in your body, for finances. Uh, I know I taught a couple years ago on marriage and love, and I gave everyone a bookmark, and it had the passage from 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 from the Amplified Bible, and I said, read this every day or multiple times a day while we're doing this series. What was that? Meditation. You do that long enough, you lose your selfishness. You start operating in the God kind of love, and that will do wonders for your marriage and really all your relationships. So if you have a need, God has a promise. Find it. Find it. If you're a new Christian, you say, I don't even know where to begin. That's just a book of words. I don't even know where to start. We are here for you. We can help you. We can direct you to a couple places. We're here for you. There's also Google. (laughs) Meaning there's online Bibles. Go to an online Bible and put your issue in. Put your subject in. It'll help you. And I would encourage you, don't find 50 verses. Not for this. Find a couple of them that stand out to you, that resonate with you. And you put those in your revolver. Until they become a part of your life, you can see yourself with it. You can see yourself doing it. One of my favorite meditations, and I've used a lot of things, but one of my favorite meditations is, is, is the abiding presence of God. I find that it helps me to live conscious of his abiding presence in my life. Helps me in all areas, okay? I'll take verses like these. Here's two. John 14, 16. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. And Hebrews 13, 5. Let your conduct be without covetousness. 
Be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And so I like to do this from time to time. I'll take verses like this. Sometimes I can look, I'll look them up, but other times, because I already know them, I could quote them. I don't even have, sometimes I don't even open the Bible. I'll just begin. And I'll, it, would, it would look like prayer to you. It would look like praise to you. But with me, it's meditation. And I will say things like, thank you, Lord, that you are with me. You abide with me forever. There's never a day, there's never a moment when you are not present in my life. Hallelujah. You never leave me. You never forsake me, but you are always here. When I wake up in the morning, there you are. When I preach from the pulpit, there you are. When I go throughout my day, you are ever present with me, helping me, speaking to me, guiding me, leading me, doing all that you are. For in all your might and power, you are with me at all times, every single day. And every moment of, day, of the day, in fact, there's no moment when you're not there. I can't make you go away. You're always here in me. You're on me. You're around me. You're in front of me. Everywhere I go, there you are. I acknowledge your presence. Thank you for being in my life. Praise God. Now, I, I, would, I could go on for 15 minutes right now if I wanted to. Just doing that, that would not be appropriate for this time. But I do that. Do you ever do anything like that? If not, I want to, I want to encourage you to do that. Find it. What's, what do you need? There's a verse for that. What are you lacking? What are you deficient in? There's a verse for that. And by revolving that in your mind and doing that, not just once, do it regularly, as the scripture says, day and night. Have little, you know, cud chewing sessions. And you're going to chew on it and talk about it and study it and think about it until it is a part of who you are. The more you take a word and express it through words, through prayers, through singing, through writing. The more you express it, the bigger it'll get and the deeper it'll get. You'll have greater understanding, but you'll walk out with the consciousness of, man, everything I put my hand to prospers. God is all over me. He is the blesser in my life, and he never leaves. Oh, glory to God. I can't wait to go out and do business because God's going to be in it. If you're in sales, you can't wait to make the next call because the Lord is leading you and blessing you. You walk around with healing, you know, and you might be limping, but the Lord is my healer. And even when I don't feel it, he's working. He's the miracle worker. He's the healer in my body. And you start imagining and seeing yourself with God's word being activated and put into practice in your life. Say, how long? Just day and night. Just as long as you're here on earth, okay? When you're done, when we're in heaven, I don't know how this will work. But just as long as you're here, do this. <laughs> Praise God. Nevertheless, if that seems overwhelming, I want to reduce my assignment for this week. <laughs> All right, everybody's in class and you have an assignment this week. You can ignore this and not get any benefit. Um, or you can do this, you know, like if I'm your pastor. And I didn't realize if you're visiting, watching online, you might be very undecided about that. <laughs> and, and I get that too. But if I'm your pastor, all right, I'm going to give you an assignment this week that I want you to do. Hallelujah. 
I'd have known I was going to get an assignment. Is this something we have to turn in? Here's the assignment, okay? I want you over the next week, okay, just till next Sunday. Beyond that, I'm not asking for any kind of commitment, but I want you to take at least 10 minutes each day, okay? And some of you will find, find that that's not long enough because your mind won't get there yet. And some of you will like it and go longer. Or you'll do multiple sessions, if you will, with the Lord. 10 minutes each day and meditate on a word from God. And you determine that word. What, like I said, what do you need? What, what, what's, what do you want to be more real to you? Find a verse or two and meditate on it. Each day, not, now not seven different subjects, one subject for this week. Why? I want you to see the power of it. I want you to see how it'll grow in you and how your experience will start to match your imagination. Not imagining something that's not real, imagining something that is. Not pulling something out of the air that isn't there, but taking a concrete word, promise, redemptive reality from God and saying, I'm going to make this my own. I'm going to chew on this thing until it comes out of me anytime someone bumps into me. Amen. Amen. Yeah? Someone bumps into you instead of going, what are you doing? Out comes, bless you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Like Keith Moore used to say, someone slaps you across the face. You go, hey, did your hand slip? You must have slipped and fallen because your, 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 your hand came across my face. <laughs> you know, you're so full of love, you just assume people are uh, unintentional in their motivations. Praise God. So let's do it this week. Let's meditate on the Word of God until it becomes our living reality. It's the life we live in. It's God's intention. We have been given a tool, this amazing book that contains power within it to transform our lives to match God's best. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for working in us today. Thank you, we call.